ages past, in a world called Spanth, the land was ripped asunder and the ocean turned black in a cataclysm called the Marring. Boros survived, a land of long-lost magic, mythic beasts, and meddling gods. It is here we follow a tale, a tale of heroes, heroes we call... Of Dragon Town. Hello and welcome to the Magic Quest Boys of Dragon Town. <laughs> An original Dungeons and Dragons adventure, a hundred percent guaranteed to get out those tough stains or your money back. I am Jamie, your host and game master. Ooh. Yes, yeah, I feed off your booze. Yes. <laughs> mm, you only make me stronger. And to the bio box, to my right, <laughs> yes, I lick him up. <laughs> to the video box to my right, we have Whiskers, Donatello, Whiskers, Rodri Wilder Swimfins, call Robin Doornap. <laughs> I just remembered I'm a crow, so I would call. Oh, right. Call Robin Doornap. Aurelis, Galvin, Aurelis. Beautiful. Jared, please hit us with that recap. Last time on MQBD! After lassoing in a magical floating chest, our squad of heroes found a mysterious coin from Dag, the god of risk and luck. Then, after much debate from Rondri and some poor decision-making from Whiskers and Crobin, the gang opened the confounded slab of stone that sounded like something was being kept underneath it. Sure enough, there was a big Frankenstein's monster-esque bird-human thing down there. Half-human, half-mutated crow, this monstrosity attacked our sweet boys, knocking Rondri unconscious and giving Whiskers quite a fray. However, nothing can stop our sweet quest boys. Nothing, I say. And so they defeated the creature, giving it a place to rest eternally. Speaking of rest, the gang needed one, and during this rest, Rondri identified a bunch of items that needed identifying. Finally, ready for the last metaphorical leg of this not-so-metaphorical journey, the boys doused the sigh in destinescence, stabbed the tree, causing it to melt away, revealing a door leading deeper into the depths of the spire. The group opened the door and descended into the blackness. What will the Quest Boys find? Will Penn's destiny be revealed? Will the Quest Boys save the world? Find out now. Yes. We see our party. The quest boys descending the steps in the middle of the inner courtyard of the Spire of Violent Destinies. I thought you were going to say intercourse for a second. I don't know why. The intercourse yard. <laughs> <laughs> that would be upsetting. That's no. a great place. <laughs> yeah. It is raining and thundering overhead. And they begin to make their way down the stone <laughs> steps. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> As you make your way down these stone steps, I want to ask you all, um, Whiskers, you're going to be getting the uh, information for a one Mr. Igor that you are going to be in control of from now on. Oh, nice. Mamma Mia. It's a Mamma Mia Kukachia. You just um, made my... Can I control nice. Pete Duck? You absolutely can. I was going to ask who would like to. Can oh, I troll Crobin? No way. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we'll just play Pete Duck. And David will play Rodri and Crobin. Are you still going to voice Pete Duck? 
Yes, so the way it'll work is I will portray and you will play. So if you want to make any, uh, they can make they can make rolls and checks just like you, like perception checks or insight checks and whatnot. And, and they I... and in combat, if you want to, like if you want them to do things in combat, you will control them. And they're basically just going to go right after the person controlling them in combat. Can I make you say stuff as the character? Uh depends on how you mean that like how what do you mean make me say uh, stuff. i just want to mean if i just want to know if i can make you say stuff uh, probably not <laughs> but give it a try i don't know fuck it <laughs> you can try anything man if you donate enough to the ko-fi you can yeah 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 all so, right okay so throw on some money into yeah, the i already set up recurring payments so <laughs> oh my mm -hmm. that is a ko-fi gold feature Ding. Uh -huh. anyway you all begin to descend the stairs. You descend and descend, leaving the last slice of open gray sky behind you. Down the steps you all go, one at a time. Down, 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 and around and around the spiral staircase. Down some more, and it starts to get very dark. Do you all have a light source? Yeah, I have a light on my scepter. Excellent. I generally have, so I'm assuming it's still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll say as you guys, as it starts to get dark and you leave the uh, the dim light up up above the sky, you'll mm, your light will go off and the, the spiral staircase narrow corridor will be filled with a moonlit light. And down you continue, deeper and deeper into the heart of the Spire of Violent Destinies. The slippery, sour stench pervades your nose, throat, and lungs until it fills you up entirely and makes you queasy. Ugh. There's no banister, and the steps are slick with an oily substance, so you're forced to hold onto the walls and tread slowly, which only prolongs the miserable descent. The sound of your footfalls clapping against stone, creating a stilted, ominous rhythm that echoes up and down the stairwell, like a death march. But finally, you reach the bottom of the spiral staircase, and you arrive at a small, quiet vestibule. The stone walls are caked in a layer of grease, and a thin, dusty carpet trails forward to a discreet pair of double doors. A thin wisp of smoke leaks through the top gap of the doors, and flees towards the safety of the sky above. You sense a much larger chamber beyond, as well as, as well as a feeling of dread deep in the pit of your stomach. You stand before these doors, uh, and you gather your metal. What do you do? There might be a fire behind the door. Use the back of your hand to touch the doorknob to make sure that it's not hot. Uh, Whiskers is visibly sweating at the mention of fire. This does not feel right. Has anything um, about this place felt right? Ah, true enough. <laughs> so, uh, I, who wants to go first? <laughs> I will. Don't forget uh, to hold your feathers up to the back of your feathers up to the doorknob. Yeah, I think I got it, but thanks. Nice new voice. Crobin's going to just check the door for any signs of a trap. Um, for any locking mechanism. Absolutely. Please roll a perception check. 15. 
you examine the door and its handles. You examine the hinges and the spaces in between the little keyhole, but you find no trace of any trap. As far as you can tell... Ooh. Is it hot? Is there a fire behind the door? Not that I can tell. Oh. Yeah, you put the back of your feathers up to the, the door handles, and uh, it emanates no heat. Well, then, let's go inside. And Whiskers will push the door open. <laughs> the doors creak open with a loud, long squeal. <laughs> and you all enter at the far end of a tall chamber with great vertical reach, great depth of buttresses at the top, <laughs> with the adornings of a cathedral. Nice. Long, ornate tapestries hang from the walls to your left and right, and there's a tall, multi-peaked ceiling of exquisite Gothic architecture. A barely visible chandelier is suspended unlit in the air ahead of you, and a long, sanctimonious red carpet that disappears into the shadows of the back of the chapel. The foul, greasy smoke of tallow candles, rent from the fat of animals, you hope, hangs in the air, clinging to your exposed skin, and is thickly pungent. So much so, you can taste its acrid odor, turning your stomachs into knots. Outcast prestidigitation to make the air taste better. Fuck yeah, dude. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> you make it taste no, like... No, no. Please. <clears throat> I'll make it taste like um, uh, sticky toffee pudding. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, STP? Yeah, I, I you know me. <laughs> yeah, you all notice that. And Penn, Penn gives you a, a smile and a wink, Gallivan. Mm, much better, yes. You can see at the far end a few dim candles uh, uh -huh. lining the back wall about 80, 90 feet at, uh, back. And what did you say you wanted to do, Gallivan? Never mind. I realize I, I have the light, so I'm not going to be stealthing. Um, mm, mm, I like I slip behind be one of the buttresses, but then I'm like, oh, <laughs> excuse me. I'll take my sword out and start walking around and like with my shield and sword out looking for. As you take a step forward, the dark yellow candles of the first chandelier alight with firelight, ah! followed by oh. a second in the middle of the long chamber and a third at the far end. Cool. Ooh. And once your eyes alight to the flames, adjust to the flames, you can see shadows eerily playing off of a number of new sights. Close by, a tall vertical standing wheel next to a sturdy wooden table cluttered with objects. And then further in, a large metal cauldron resting atop a barrel-like base. A panel is open on one side of the base, revealing a wide brazier full of hot coals. Resting nearby are rows upon rows of barrels. And yet further in is a large horizontal lying wheel that is hung from the ceiling with many yellow candles suspended upside down from it. Way too long for your standard candle. And near that, another cluttered table. And furthest of all, at the back wall of the chamber, past the shadowed path lit by dancing lights on a raised platform where all the candles are, you see a dark figure hunched over an orb a light with swirling colors and exuding a silvery mist. Even from where you are, you can see clearly as two eyes with white pigmented irises open slowly 
as the figure lets out a sharp staccato gasp, followed by a long, weighty sigh of the ages. Hello? And it speaks. Hello. At long last. I always knew this day would come, but I hoped it never would. 282 years, three seasons, one lunar cycle, nine days, 17 hours, and 22 minutes. Wow. That is how long we've been down here. How do you keep your track of your time? That's pretty accurate. The candles. Please forgive me if I take my time to rise and greet you. When one has lived with a prophecy for so long a time, the moment of revelation comes as quite a shock. And then you see the figure kind of raise up. Uh, it must have been sitting because it raises up to its full height. I am Morrigan, the thrice sworn, Ark Extractor of the Repositories, Harbinger of the Spires of Violent Destinies. Today is the day that was promised, unfortunately. My son, Elijah, could not stop it, nor could I. Well, I'm sorry about all that, but we're going to be needed taking that orb you're holding. Please, come in. We have much to talk about. Oh, thank you. I'm sure. I'd like to use a bonus action to have my cloak billow dramatically. <laughs> yeah, nice. You hear a, a slightly impressed gasp from across the chamber. Uh, yeah, whistles uh, are moved forward. We'll move forward. Cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll walk forward as well. Um, Warily looking around. I'll do a perception check. Yeah, yeah I'll also do a perception check. See anything lurking in the shadows. Yeah. Oh, very good. A 10. Oh, I rolled a worse one. than my passive perception. You rolled a one. That's cool, too. As you look around, you notice the tapestries that are hanging on the walls to your left and your right show three circular mandalas, each of a different artistic style, full of complexly beautiful, yet somehow slightly unsettling, geometric designs that seem to reflect the vastness of mortality. That is all you see. Uh, as you make your way under the candlelit chandeliers. As the candles play off of the buttresses and um, my companions, Groban is just going to sort of slip into the shadows and attempt to disappear. Yeah. Are you using your dagger of long shadows? If I need to do that, then yes. You don't need to. to. There are plenty of shadows or... from the candlelight. Yeah, so I'm just I'm just gonna try to stealth, and I rolled a twenty-five. Ooh, baby. Nice Very try. Nice. Yeah, uh, you better use the dagger of long shadows, dude. I uh, <laughs> looks like you fucked up. <laughs> I'll walk up to Morgan. Yeah, and is she holding the orb? So you pass by the uh, the things I described earlier, um, and you walk the eighty feet to the end, and uh, you get to this raised platform. Oh, and sorry, if we're going eighty feet, I'm assuming that Igor, yeah. Penn, and Pete in Penn's arms will also follow us. Me that and, is correct. Me and Gallivan. They all absolutely do. Um, and you notice uh, Igor, as per usual, is kind of dragging his feet and looks very hesitant and reluctant too. But he's. He always does that. Uh, hey, uh, Igor, 
Uh, maybe you could use uh, this. And I hand him uh, that wand of eyeballs. Uh, he clutches it to his chest with great uh, possession. <sighs> and then he starts like flailing it around and, and like flicking it. He goes, what do? It's a, it's a magic wand. What do? It, it's a, it allows you to cast spells from it. If you know any spells, I figured since you're some weird <sighs> eyeball thing, and this is a weird eyeball thing, you guys might belong to each other. I got no spells. <laughs> and then he sticks it in his robe and <laughs> kind of gives you a look. He gives you the stink eye, and it's a big stink eye. <laughs> yeah, so I walk uh, up to Morgan. Excellent. Yeah, I'm trailing Get... like a little bit behind. Mm-hmm. So I want to try to sneak around. Is is she like, up against the wall? Uh, so the dais that she is standing on, the kind of raised platform that looks like it has an altar of some kind on it with an orb in, in uh, front of it. Uh, it is that is up against a wall. Yes. But she's on the front steps of that. She's so there's uh, the farthest back is the wall, which looks like as you guys get to it has like a 10 foot tall by uh, seven foot wide painting, massive painting hung on the back wall. Uh, and then the it is her. Uh, I'll tell you in a sec. It oh. is her, and then this orb that seems to be resting in some sort of cradle, holding it uh, up above the altar, and then the stone altar, and then the steps uh, with candles um, lining the steps that lead down. Gotcha. So you'd have to go up the steps to get to the raised dais area where she is standing. All right. Well, I'm just going to try and move up, uh, you know, as they're talking and get close mm-hmm. to her without being seen. So you said you're going ahead of them, or you're kind of lagging behind? Um, I missed it. It doesn't matter. Okay. Either either way, you do not seem to be noticed exactly. Uh, she doesn't cast her eyes in your direction. You feel pretty unseen. Cool. Um, as you all approach the dais, you guys can see this, this painting quickly comes into uh, view. Uh, it is a painting depicting three women or rather the same woman at different ages. One young and full of beauty, one middle-aged and proud, and one older, wizened and wise, each holding a candle. The young one is lighting hers, the middle-aged one is holding hers up proudly, and the old one pinches the wick of hers as a thin wisp of smoke rises. Earthy ochre colors swirl around them. And you can see that there are three tall black candles, uh, like basically up against the wall, right under the painting. Um, and there are a few more things on the dais, but as you approach you, the main thing you guys see is that this altar that is at the front of the steps, at the very top step, it's it's pushed all the way up against it. Uh, there is a, a body, uh, it would appear, laying on the altar, an unmoving body. Ah. The maiden, the mother, and the crone. Yes, yes. The candle keepers. No, your Which religion. are you? <laughs> I am none. And as you get closer, and you can all see this figure, this figure is revealed to be a young woman who carries herself with great gravitas. High cheekbones, a porcelain white complexion, white irises, and silky black hair that streak through with silver 
up in a bun, the remainder cascading down the back. She wears black gloves and a black mantle, cloak and hood, with the hood thrown back right now, and uh, holds in her hand a staff that has a large crow's skull floating several inches above the top of the staff. And under the cloak, she wears black studded leather armor, bearing a mantle of black feathers coming out of the chest and armholes. This is Morgan. But her cloak is mostly covering the covering oh, cuts, yeah, cuts down to her. Uh, the cloak covers from her chest. But down. Does, does her cloak bellow dramatically? That's her cloak does not. Question. You, your cloak has definitely cloak got a leg up. Yeah, then. Yeah. <laughs> Was that really your question? Oh my god. <laughs> this is Morgan. Uh, you were just describing. This is this is the figure of Morgan who is. I'm just kidding. Here. She sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's cool, figure... but she's not billowing cloak cool. I know, right? What about the body on the altar? What is that? Oh yeah. How does that appear? The body on the altar it's a from name tag Joa on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's on his toe. Yeah. <laughs> He's like sticking out of a body bag. Wait, is the no, person no, on the you... altar a woman? Uh, it's hard to tell because they're kind of, they're laying down and their head is kind of facing away from you towards the back wall with the painting, but it looks to be a uh, body in a well weathered dark green robe. Uh, from all you can tell, you'd have to get around the altar to uh, to take a better look of it uh, at it. Look, Morrigan, is it right? Morrigan, yes. Yeah, we're trying to get that orb you've got there. So if you just want to throw that to me, we'll get out of your hair. And uh, say toodles. I love yes. that Whiskers does their talking for us. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, the orb, this orb right here, and she places her hand uh, above it. This is what you have come all this way to find. You can gladly have it. Oh, thanks. But there is a problem. Ah. I would give it to you, but to touch the orb is to, uh, well, let me, let me explain a little bit. You see, sitting here, and then she gestures to the body on the altar, is my pride and joy. Love of my life, my son, Elijah. The dead person? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Elijah is not dead. Elijah is sleeping. And has been for quite some time. She's saying Elijah? She is. Someone should probably tell her he's dead. I, I think he's dead. Trust me, little gnome. He is not dead. I have visited him. Indeed, I have lived all these many years visiting him in the world of dreams, and she brings her hands down above, but not touching the orb. You see, this orb is a conduit, an arcane conduit that can allow me to enter into his dreams. And because I have the arcane prowess necessary, I can pull myself out whenever I need to. That's but he is very much alive. So cool can you please show me how that works it is as simple as touching the orb which i shan't do right now well um 
Perhaps we do not need to touch the orb, but we could wrap it in a sack and take it with us. Yes, this is uh, absolutely fine with me. I'm, if, to be honest, I am, I'm greatly relieved. I knew you would be coming. I knew somebody would be coming, but I expected something much different than you. And she kind of gestures to all of you, their hands out. What was this prophecy? What did it say that we would do? Well, I was told that the next time I would be able to leave this place, that I could see light, I would, well, I would be, I would see my old mistresses again, the candle keepers, and she turns around and gestures up at the painting. I was told that uh, something, I did, I heard a word that I was not, I didn't know what it meant. I was told that they would be bringing something called a Kronos with them. Oh, I thought it was up bonk. <laughs> I thought What's up bonk? No, it was a word we heard earlier, but now it doesn't matter. <laughs> Her eyes narrow for a second at you, but then lift again. No, where how, did you... Um, no, no, no. How close have I managed to get, and like what position am I in now in my stealthing? So I would say because basically the, the last thing before, the last bit of cover you have before you get to the raised dais where the steps start going up uh, is the... Um, there's a, the cluttered table and the horizontal hanging wheel from the ceiling. Uh, so you could, uh, you, you're probably taking cover behind the cluttered table near that, that hanging wheel. And how? So there's probably another 15 feet before the steps. Um, so within, within 30 feet of Morrigan, if that foot count is important. It, you know, you know, it's always <laughs> important, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I think Morgan's gonna make a wisdom check. The Noth Igor's gonna try and get in her head. Oh yeah, he wants them secrets. Oh, so you're gonna Ooh, so nice. so what? What does Whiskers say to Igor? Whiskers doesn't say anything. I think Igor would do this. Oh, okay, cool, I awesome. I love it. Probably true. Okay, Igor is going to use his weird insight ability. Jared, would you care to read it? Yeah, the Nothic targets one creature it can see within 30 feet of it. The target must contest its charisma deception check against the Nothic's wisdom insight check. If the Nothic wins, it magically learns one fact or secret about the target. Okay. Igor does this. And as Igor does this, Morrigan shoots you from what you guys can tell from your perspective morgan's head just turns super sharply towards igor and she goes what is that doing with you oh this is our buddy igor he's harmless don't worry about him he's cool kind of a freak we found along the way i would say yes tell your freak well to stay out of my mind okay well only i can call him a freak but yeah, Igor, maybe we'll... Remember we talked about that secret thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said... 
Learn all the secrets. Get all the secrets for for Igor. Yeah. Clutch them close to Igor's breast and and eat them in Igor's brain. He's obviously taking my words a literal, uh, uh, you know, not exactly what I said. That Igor sure has a great imagination. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one, Ronji. I am very curious what brought you all here. My, I very much look forward to speaking again with my mistresses if today is the prophesied day where I will be rejoined with them. What is supposed to happen that you will be rejoined with them? They did not say. Hmm. Well, I would say that it is fate that brought us here. So, the very same mistresses you serve have brought us to you. I would say so. Why do you seek this orb? Well, we were sent, we were in the other spire, and they said we could not get out until we brought these to them, things to them, and here we are. So... The spire of the whispering winds continues? Yes. I see. Continues. It's doing like a thousand times better than this spire. <laughs> oh yes, I just never imagined it would still be after all this time. Right. Well, it was great talking to you. Um, but we're gonna go ahead, <laughs> Rondri. Why don't you grab the orb and let's make our merry way out of here? Uh, all right. Moment. Good luck with your dead son. <sighs> he is not dead. I am going to be taking him from this place. Well, enjoy your trip and say hello to the fates for me. (laughs) Tell them Lumen says hello. (laughs) I will tell them that, yes. I need to detach the spell from the orb, or else you won't even be able to get a bag around it without being trapped in his dreams forever. So I... Well, then. We'll need you all to go back up the stairs so I can detach the spell and bring it to you. Uh, I kind of want to watch you detach the spell, if that's okay. You may do this, fine. If you... You must stand at a distance, however. It is... It is uh, dangerous old magic, and uh, it does not bode well to be so close in case something goes wrong. Well... I would like to watch as well, just out of curiosity, you know? <laughs> yes, of course. Um, can I roll an insight stand... check? I'm sorry, can I roll yeah. an insight oh, check? Oh, absolutely. Of course. Hmm? Yeah, that's probably, that's what I figured. Nothing. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I figured I wouldn't learn anything. <laughs> <laughs> nice. She points over to the hanging wheel and says, Would you be so kind as to wait over there? I must go into Elijah's dreams the last time to tell him that I might not be by for a while and to tell him not to worry. Wait, he is still dreaming. He yes. will continue to dream. For how long? Until I can find a way to reverse this. Reverse what? Well, you see, 282 years ago, something awful happened here at the Spire, as you might be able to surmise from Well, if you've made it this far, my son, 
Elijah here was misguided and made a mistake and well he tried to kill me which was quite upsetting for me as you can imagine and I tried to stop him from doing it and in doing so accidentally reflected the spell his own magic back on him killing him Yes, and she looks down and you can tell she's she hasn't talked about this in a long time it is very clear but you can see it's emotionally affecting her Uh, um, well it was supposed to be a glorious day my mistresses were supposed to finally be set free from their unending toil of their job as the fates and I was supposed to help them, and I was supposed to be rewarded, but I made a deal with them, and they took advantage of me. I begged them to save Elijah, and I offered them anything, and they saved him, but at quite the ironic cost. They gave my power, the power that was to be mine, once they were freed, to him instead, to keep him alive. Which was agreeable to me, but they weren't free, so they weren't exactly pleased with me. So they trapped me in here. Until the day, far, far in the future, when some people would show up and they would open the door at the top of the staircase and I would be free for me and Elijah to leave this place once and for all. If that's Elijah, then where's Joa? She kind of furrows her brow and and looks at you with genuine confusion and then she seems to have like some sort of realization. She goes, ah... That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. That, uh, that was Elijah's old name. He is, they are Elijah now. Did you do this purposefully? Do what? Hurt Joa. No, I would never hurt Joa. Joa was trying to kill me. I was merely trying to stop that from happening. It was absolutely an accident. I would never intend for this. Okay, all right. I see. Well, um... Yeah, that sounds like a bummer. Um... (laughs) (laughs) I guess, yeah, we'll stand over here and let you, uh, talk to uh, Elijah, was it, one more time? Elijah, yes. And she... As you all... If you all go and stand back by the, the wheel with the candles hanging from it, um, does it feel like we're underneath, like, an altar or anything? No, no, this is, uh, this is, like, I will let I you guys know, and then let you infer whether or not your characters know this. Um, this is a, a candle maker's workshop tool. Uh, this wheel would be dipped into, you, you, uh, it would be dipped into yeah. a large barrel, like the vat uh, that is also in this room, and you would dip the candle and then pull it up and then hang them to dry, basically. 
so this these oh, are so like the candles seven are hanging. They're not standing on it. They're hanging. No, no, they yeah, they're hanging down from the oh, wheel that's suspended cool. from the ceiling. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, yeah, it's like a couple feet above all of your heads. Yeah, I'll go stand where she said to, but I'll keep Igor and Pen kind of behind me. Yeah, protective. I think Krobin's gonna stay where he is hidden by that table. Behind the table. Yeah, the Which table I, is basically a, a few feet ahead of a few feet closer to the dais. Okay. I'll go where she says. Cool. Rondri's gonna like test the boundaries and see how close he can get before she says stand back. She will just stare at you until you go stand by the wheel. And then I'll take one step forward. She will hold her hands above the orb and then just arch an eyebrow in your direction and go... <clears throat> and then I'll take a step backwards. I'm just trying to see. <sighs> All right. I will need silence for this. Okay. No, seriously, I will need absolute quiet when I do this. You got it. Okay. Um, please tell your, your small child there that I will need... To concentrate. Whiskers is picking at his teeth with his claw, and he's like, yeah, Rondry, you know, do you? Yeah, be quiet. <laughs> All right. And then she places her hands on the orb, and you see her eyes roll back as the silver mist kind of billows dramatically, and she stands there uh, completely inert for about five minutes. Oh, my God. Maybe actually, it's like three or four. It's not a full five. Let's say like let's she's say in three. a trance. She's touching the orb. She's like in a trance mm-hmm. there. Yep. Two minutes in, Rondri's gonna turn to Whiskers and be like, "How long is this gonna take?" I was just gonna ask you the same thing. <laughs> I I kind of want to check it out. I mean, yeah. We if we can take the orb now and just get the hell out of here, it might be the best idea. I don't know about that, but if nothing happens in like two more minutes. I'm out of here. This is boring. After three minutes and 33 seconds, <laughs> her eyes pop open and shoo, there's a flash as she takes her hands off the orb. We were like stepping to leave and then... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. We, the we all gave each other that look of like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, she takes her hands off the orb and uh, it is still glowing and the silver mist is still billowing out and she takes her hands off and goes... There. Goodbyes are said. I hope it is not too long before I see them again. Now, for the orb. And she looks up at you, all. I just have one last question before I relinquish this orb to you all. I'd like to ready an attack action. Uh, Yeah, I am definitely going to fire my crossbow at her if she starts... uh, threatening us or um like physically or verbally cool you got it i cannot help but be suspicious of your being here for i know i was not the only acolyte of the candle keepers my harsh mistresses who did you say sent you here Oh, it was fate, you know, one of the fates. Um, one of the candle keepers themselves spoke to you? Yes. 
<laughs> that that mouth noise really adds to yeah. the whole effect. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, roll a deception check. Is it nighttime? It, it, it is actually daytime. Oh, shit. It was just really overcast. So do I have disadvantage or? You do. Oh, shit. That's not like I'm. <laughs> I was like, not like I'm going to do much worse than a five. I rolled a four. So that's a <laughs> seven deception. Awesome. She narrows her eyes at you and goes, they don't really speak to anyone who doesn't worship them. Maybe, yeah, yes, maybe I was confused. I, all these titles that aspire, it's hard to keep them straight. Um, yes. Look, you say you don't trust us, but you're the one that's been in this basement for years with your dead son on this altar. So. And I have to say, we have heard some very nasty things about you. So, <laughs> From who? That disgusting eyeball creature next to you? No, no, no. There's a duck here that has all sorts of um, wondrous things recorded on it from actual people who existed, well, yeah, when you were maybe 200 whatever years younger, though you look wonderful, I must say, for so long um, a time. You you have kept up your appearances very well. That is factually correct. Evil suits you, I guess. (laughs) She kind of smiles and, and a little bit of a blush actually comes over her and she goes, Ah, uh, yes, I see you, Pete. And you hear Pete go, Ah, yes, uh, hello again, Arch Extractor. Uh, Morgan, a pleasure. Yes, uh, did you reveal anything without the appropriate code words, Pete? No, no, Arch Extractor. Uh, Arc Extractor, absolutely not. I, I was I only revealed when I was given the proper code words. I see. And Pete, tell me, what code words have been said to you by this group? Uh, well, you see, they they sold to me. They said uh, a bonk to me. Um, What's a, that uh, a, uh, And he opens his mouth and starts the. <laughs> and he starts to rec- after for about three seconds. You guys hear. Uh, uh, Morgan's thing. I'm not going to say it, but you guys remember. Uh, and then he says that for a bit, and then he shuts his bill. And Morgan looks uh, a little, a little, just slightly unsettled by this. And he goes, and there was a message recorded uh, with the explicit instruction to be delivered to anybody who found me. And uh, although my memory banks were uh, removed for quite some time, uh, yes, I did relay this message to them. She, she looks at Pete harshly, and she looks at you all, and she goes, Well, if you heard the upbunk message, then you do know a bit about my work here at the Spire of Violent Destinies, don't you? Yes. And Pete, what do they think about my work here? Well, I did hear them say, as they were talking, um, they did say... Uh, they said, uh, Morrigan's a psychopath. Uh, well, and, Pete, and what are you doing? What? Come on, man. what? Did I do something wrong? He just records what? what did I do? What did I do? <laughs> I thought we were buds. You were our friend. We are buds. Mm. What are, I don't know what you're... And then Morgan is just standing there with a, a very hard look on her face. Look, I understand that not everyone can understand my work here, but it was all for a good cause, I promise you this. And what was this cause? To make the world 
a better place. To mm. take the power away from the gods. To give us all oh. our fate back. Right. By freeing the fates from their, their punishment mm -hmm. given to them by their mother, Vale. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, I see. Groban's finger moved off the trigger when she says to give us all our fates back, take them from the gods. Look, so the orb, right? You said we could have that now? <laughs> yes. I just need you to tell me who it was that sent you here before you see the fates had another agent that I never saw. I don't know who they are, but I assure you, if the candle keepers wanted you all to come here, they wanted the Kronos to come here to make all of this happen, that is well within their control. And you were sent here by an agent of the fates. And if you were sent here by an agent of the fates, you are not here for any good reason. In oh. fact, I would say that your lives are very much in danger from them. This much we know. Trust me, our lives have been in danger for a long time now. Yeah, pretty much for like... This, he, he died. This guy died. Oh, yeah. He died. He came back. I mean, what's more dangerous than that? Whiskers, will, he'll, Whiskers will smile and like nod his head like, yeah, fuck yeah, I died. Yeah. came back. <laughs> <laughs> If only the fates had been so kind to my son. But he did die and come back. Is he walking and talking now? <laughs> no, he is Like not. this one? So that he's dead. Crobin is going heavily. to... Crobin changes in his hiding place back into Crobin. Mm -hmm. And you hear him going... K -k 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 Crow man. And he slowly stands up. Crow man? The bird. The bird man sent us. Hmm. To the spire. Yes, that sounds like their handiwork. You've been used, my friends. I am very sorry to tell you. I was used the same way. Are we not all pawns of the gods? It's unavoidable, really. You cannot. They, they have the power, and we are but ships on their oceans. Yes, but normally the gods are a little more indirect. The fates are more indirect, usually. They do not directly tamper with the direction of mortals' lives by interceding and sending agents other than myself and this bird man. They have very limited influence here on this material plane. What makes you think that you're the good and that the bird man is the evil agent of fate? She kind of looks down at her hands and then looks up at you and goes, I know what I did was wrong. All of those kidnappings and deaths and memory extractings 
I did all of them. I arranged every single one for hundreds of years. Pete, are you getting this? Because this is good stuff, you know. Oh, of course. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you seem to record everything and repeat it back all willy-nilly. Like, wait a second. I Look, it is my job to repeat anything if asked by anybody, unless it is locked with a code word. Look, lady, if you're calling the Oracle a bad person, and you're saying you tortured and sacrificed people for over a hundred years, I'm starting to think I don't really like you too much. I don't know who this oracle is. All I can tell you is that if he works for the fates and has sent you here, he is very likely an agent of theirs. And they are evil powers. They are evil powers to the bone. I acknowledge what I have done was wrong, and I would never do anything like that again. I merely want to be rid of this place can I never see them again? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's fine. I mean, that's a sixteen. Okay. Uh, what are you exact? What are you trying to glean exactly? Well, I just want to know if she's like just trying to trick us into being on her side, or if she's really actually remorseful for what she did, and hmm. um, if she's. I mean, I guess that's all I could realistically discern. Is she actually remorseful? Gotcha. Her voice is fully bathed in remorse. Except it does seem to you like she is pushing it a little too hard. It's like the undoing. Like it's a performance. It's exactly like HBO Max's The Undoing. Sponsored by HBO Max. God, I would love that. I know. That was a great show. You can tell it's a performance, Probin. A very good performance. But she's not. Here's what we know about the agent that was with us. He helped us save a child from kidnapping. And you, you have just admitted to several murders, ritual death, and manipulation of meddling with the gods. So, you know, I I think we have evidence before us that tells us that you are not so good. (laughs) I I, I, I was not. I believe her. Everyone does deserve a second chance, I suppose. Well, this she, person, she, she's right. This, the, this, the, the gods have it out for all of us. They don't c- care about us. And that is the, or, the Oracle was a shifty guy to begin with. Whoa, Crobin, what the hell? Yeah, man. Left field. He, he k- killed k- k- Cassie. We don't know that for sure. Yeah, we don't know that for sure. No, also, he saved Penn. My God's who, who, awesome. Yes, saved he saved her? my yeah. lucky. He saved my lucky pen. Okay, or is he, he saved my lucky pen that I was in the family for a while. Or yeah. is he p- pushing your l- lucky pen until it runs out of ink? I'm yes. completely lost. <laughs> it's a metaphor, yes. sir. So basically, they're talking about pen here in code. No, so that- we, I, I, Rondry, pen here, the pen here in my pocket. Yes, we are talking about the pen here that he saved, the lucky pen that I had. But we are talking about another person entirely that he helped us save, not a person sitting here with us. Oh, so we're and not now- talking about that pen, the one that he saved, and we're not talking in code to 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 hide everything from this lady. Rondry, ah, my lord. Seems you have a Pete the Duck of your own. <laughs> Thank you. 
Yeah. And what do we need to do to get, get that orb from you? I just need you to answer this question. Where did you encounter this bird man, this so-called oracle? How did you encounter them? And what exactly did they tell you? Oh, uh, well, he, I, I got a flyer and it said he had answers. And so I went to a place and there he was. I forget the city's name, but then we took a carriage to a nice big building. and Mistimar. Yeah, Mistimar, yes. What did he tell you? How did you come by this spire? Oh, he was oh. like, go to the spire of the Whispering Winds and then... But how did you come across this spire? The other people at that spire sent us here. Yeah, they were like, go here now and do this thing. It could have been them as well. Oh, yeah, could not totally. be too sure. It could have been any of them. It could have been you for that logic, I you mean, know. You just... How could I have done that? Send a How message. could I have guided you here? How would I have done that? Send a message with magic. Anything is possible with magic. This much I know. As much as I want to be free, that uh, blockage that you destroyed to get down here at the top of the stairs, my magic it could not leave as long as that obstacle was in place. Ah, well, you are free to go now, so... Go, go, go ahead, and I'll step aside to let her pass. Yeah, she lifts her hands up in the air and clasps them together, and she looks at you all with a stern look and goes, Very well. I just want to warn you that your lives could be in danger from this agent of the fates. That is all I'll say. I would not trust them if I were you. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the advice. I don't trust anyone, not even Lumen. <laughs> Why well, would I? You definitely should not trust him, no. Yeah, you totally should not trust Lumen. That guy's tricky. And she uh, picks up Elijah and kind of takes the body and uh, throws it over her shoulder, kind of fireman style. And lifts herself up, and she, uh, it's a little, you can tell it's like a little straining for her. She goes, um, this isn't going to work. And she kind of puts him back down. Whiskers, like, kind of put, puts his hand out. You know, like, when you're trying to help someone with boxes, but you don't know if you should yeah, help or yeah, something. Yeah. So kind of- <laughs> would, you, um, would you mind helping an old woman out? How are, how are you g- going to get him back to life? I don't know, frankly. I'm going to visit every powerful wizard I can in Voros, assuming there are still powerful wizards here. What are their names? I don't know. I just... Well, you uh, should probably go to the Spire of the Whispering Winds because they're doing uh, resurrections over there. Pretty good. I believe that is where I will first head to dispatch of any agents of the Candlekeepers. Whoa, okay, look, if you're going to start killing people, I'm we not got a going problem. to kill them until I'm absolutely sure. You may join me if you wish and ensure that I do not kill anybody that is unwarranted. Does she seem sincere about her hatred of the candle keepers and now also of Roll Bale? 18. Or wait. Yeah, 18. She does. She Her hatred of the candle keepers is raw and. 
even even now after all these years it is it is very clearly like ingrained so deeply into her she, she there is no performance with her hatred of the candlekeepers or veil vale. Rondri, Rondri, do you have the orb of Joas? Do I have the what? Do you have Joas remembrance orb? Uh, I don't have it written down on my sheet, so I don't think I do. (laughs) What is this sheet you're talking about? I mean, in your bag. That's your loop thing. I have a sheet of what's in my bag because I have to power up my bag every single time to look into it, so I just write down what's in it. That is very smart. But beside the point, do you know who has it? Uh, Hey, sir, sir, we're having a little secret meeting over here. Come here. (laughs) What's up, baby? Don't don't mind them. They're just, 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 uh, (laughs) I, I don't know. Do remember, one of them said, "Make find the sleepwalker and make him remember. As you all are talking amongst yourselves, Penn looks up at Morrigan and says, Excuse me, miss? She goes, yes. Is this the altar of the fates? Yes, this is the shrine of the fates. And before here is, right before me is the altar of the fates. Uh, but once we leave this place, um, hopefully no one will come back here ever again, and I will make sure that no one can entreat the fates from this point on, lest they make a huge error in judgment. Uh, well, you see, that's not really gonna sit so well. It's kinda why we came here. That's why I came here, anyway. Oh, right. Yes, she she needs to ask them something. So yeah. we just need a moment with the fates, uh, if you mind. She turns towards mind. you all, uh, squares her shoulders off with you, and goes, "Oh no, no, that is that is not possible. I will give you the orb, and Why we not? can leave this place hand in hand peacefully. But I will not allow anyone to speak with, or entreat, and call upon the fates." I'll take two steps forward and stand in front of Penn again. This time my hand on my on the gavel's hilt. I have no quarrel with you. I only seek to save you Apparently. from a fate that I suffered a most painful, life-alteringly terrible mistake. They will confuse you with their words. They are tricky. They will deceive you. They will promise you one thing and give you another. You must not entreat them. She's right. We don't need to know their designs. Their machinations are built on webs. Webs on webs on webs of deception. Pen. You should just, just, you should just go home. But, uh, Cropin, I... What do you mean? We came all this way. It is true. She wanted to come here to ask. She just has a question. I mean, Do you have a question for the fates? Is it not? See, yeah. There is always a price. Oh, you mean these? And I'll hold up the three eyes of those devoted to Vale. 
Her eyes go big, and she gasps. Let me guess. One of them at the spire of Whispering Winds gave that to you. It is true. That is your agent of the fates. I'm already another action to attack her if she threatens. (laughs) You got it. Fingers back on the trigger. It's like she says something about hating those gods. Finger comes off the trigger, but she says something about stopping Pen with force. Yeah, and I'm also going to ready. I'm also going to ready an action. Yeah, I'll. I'm going to also ready an action. (laughs) Do what? And what's the trigger? You can't just say I'm going to ready an action. Is that what you? You were making fun of me. Uh, yeah. I'm going to ready an action to swing my sword at her if she moves towards Pen. I was making fun okay. of Noah, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, There's just tension I'm, rising I know, in here. I can't ignore it. It is. Man. I don't know what to do. I have no quarrel with you and your party. And I mean you no harm, and I wish us all to walk away from this place, safe and sound, but those eyes, they will bring you nothing but despair. Maybe that's the pen's fate to choose. So why don't you You said you don't want the gods to decide for us, but why should you? I will not allow this girl to make the same mistake I did. Well, you don't really have a choice, do you? So stick a step back and get out of our way. I have a choice. Yeah, I think this I is good. will not be told what to do by anybody anymore. You sound bitter. Well, I, I, I'm not, I'm, this is not me saying what to do, but I'm offering. Would you like a bottle of wine? It's probably been a while since you've had it. She cuts you off, Galvin, uh, and looking, looking, whipping on Rondry's comment, she goes, Would you be bitter if you were locked away for 282 years, and if your entire life's ambition was ripped from you at the last moment, along with the only thing you hold dear? So to take your son, go. After you. And she gestures towards the door. I take out my sword. Shink! After you. The offer still stands. I have the wine right here. Leave the wine. I'll what? pick it up as I go. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist, goddammit. Uh, okay, I can hand it to you. It's not a problem. Leave it where it sits. You will leave, and then I will follow. No gonna happen, uh, lady. Now, this is a problem. You threaten Pen. Yes, that's a problem. But then you threaten my wine. No, no, no. <laughs> we do not do this. I can stand here for a long time. And as she says that, she pulls back her cloak, revealing her torso, where you see nothing. A giant hole where her stomach should be. And in that hole, you can see straight back through, but resting. In that hole is a singular white candle with a bright flame flickering in the inside of her torso. And that is where we'll call it today. Ooh. Cute Elton John candle in the oh, wind. That's awesome, Shit. dude. Oh my god damn. 
God oh, damn. Old chest candle. It's Is flickering. Dude, it's it's flickering. Billowing, I'll give you that. Out. It's flickering. <laughs> Dude, my boner is billowing after that episode. Well, that was awesome. No. My <laughs> Yeah. It's billowing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's hard. It's hard, it's hard to get yeah. to the hospitals these days. <laughs> you walk outside, the wind just takes your billowing wiener right out from underneath you. It takes you flying. You're on a kite ride you didn't expect. <laughs> All right. Thank you all for listening very much. We love you guys so much. Please help us out by subscribing, rating, and reviewing our podcast. This beautiful, mature podcast that we host for you all. Uh, Seriously, though, it really helps new podcasts reach new people. Uh, Also, word of mouth is, oh, my God. It is so absolutely helpful to us. Um, If you write a review, we will give you a shout out. Tell a two friends challenge, everybody. If you tell two two friends, friends, if you tell two friends and let us know by shouting us out on social media, on Twitter or Instagram, just let us know somehow on our Facebook, whatever. Uh, We will, oh my God, uh, we will be so indebted to your favor. Uh, and, And if you write us a review, or do that shout out to a Tell Two Friends Challenge thing. We might name a character in the world after you. We've done it before and we'll do it again. So why not add your name to that long, long list? That's actually not that long. That feels like you're cheapening the deal now. You're like, oh, everybody's done it. So like, you just get a character. I mean, yeah. everybody who has done it has done it. That's- Maybe we should <laughs> up the ante. Maybe we will rename our characters yeah. after an after review. Hey, that's something for the players to yeah. consider. Ah. And they will consider it strongly. I promise you that. <laughs> Definitely. Also, if you are uh, financially, um, uh, if you got a lot of money, um, you can also help us out. Uh, we have a tip jar in the form of a website, ko-fi, ko-fi.com slash mqbd. If you go to that website, you can donate money to our cause. Any amount helps. And you can find the that link again in the description for this episode or on any of our social media pages. Uh, a number of people have already done that, and we thank them to the heavens and back. So we love everybody who's given us reviews and, and tipped our Ko-Fi. And uh, we, yeah, we're extremely grateful for all of you. We love you. Yeah. Yes, we do. And really? let's get to our shout-outs uh, for this week. This week's shout out is somebody who tipped us on our Ko-Fi, first and foremost. Uh, it was Maximilian Piero, who might have the coolest name I've heard, uh, and that might be my future son's name. So, Maximilian Piero, thank you so much. You're amazing. And you can look forward to a little special surprise uh, that might be coming up pretty soon. Um, Maximilian Piero, thank you so much. Another uh, shout out, our last shout out for this week is Melissa Sears, who is at Bunkin42 on Insta. I oh, love that username. Yeah, me too. Um, Melissa Sears, you are amazing. Melissa sent us fan art of the aforementioned Oracle that was oh, yeah. super buff. He's like, oh, yeah. Ripped. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That worked out so well. That was so sick. It did work out really well. I was amazed when you guys brought up both of them. Um, or, yeah. Oh, no, I guess well, I... You brought up brought Melissa. Up. We brought up... Yeah. I brought yeah. up Melissa. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, no, this fan art was amazing. It was extremely well done and it amazed all of us. So Melissa Sears at Bunkin42, thank you so much. Everyone send her a respectful DM and say thanks for your fan art. <laughs> She's going to be so mad at us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Melissa. <laughs> Um, thank you, Eric DeLong, for writing the music. Woo. Thank you, Sarah Pohl, for editing. Yeah. Um, guys, this is something new. We can't sing our end song anymore oh, yeah. because it's simply impossible to do over Zoom. It is not a thing that is possible. So we thought it would be really fun. David had the great idea to ask you guys if any musicians out there, any aspiring, budding musicians out there want to send us their own take on our song, our end end credit song, um, please send it to us at Magic Quest Boys on Twitter or Instagram. Use our hashtag MQBD. Do whatever it takes to get it in front of us. I promise we will see it and we will put it at the end of our episodes and we will love you forever. Keep it, keep it short. So. Under like a minute would be perfecto. <laughs> yeah, do that. No, you should do that. Yeah. I was for a second. I was about to be like, mm, "Don't do that. Don't listen to Jared." But no, I think that it actually would be better. <laughs> I'm gonna write yeah, like I'm a gonna... ten hour like. <laughs> <laughs> I will put in a minute of it. <laughs> yep, <laughs> Jared will put in a minute of whatever you write. So keep it short, ladies and gents. Thank you all for listening so much. Come back, tune in next week to find out what the heck happens with Morgan the Thrice Sworn and the party. Bye bye. Bye.